We are I. So how did the hunting trip of 2023 go, the first one? Well, it went great. I only shot a bunch of shit, but it didn't make the trip any less fulfilling. It just didn't fill my freezer. And that that is hunting 101. You know, and from the time that I picked up the the rental car the night before, you know, just so you can get something with some brand new tires. If something goes wrong, then, you know, you can just call and get a, a new car. You don't have to worry about fixing anything. You know, it's something with low kilometers like this car only had 3,800 kilometers on it when I took it out. Ironically, almost put the exactly the same amount of kilometers on it in four days. You know, it was nice and spacious, you know, minivan fold down seats to the inside. You know, it was basically, basically like driving like a Ford F-150 or, you know, just like a light truck, like a half-ton truck, but completely enclosed. Great on gas, nice, smooth, comfortable ride. So it was nice. You know, it was a nice way to be able to start out the trip. You know, I got home that night on Thursday night around 8.30, and I packed all my gear into it. And I looked, and I was like, man, there's just so much room in here. I'm like, this is going to be nice. You know, I went to bed to be able to get a good sleep, or what I thought would be a good sleep, or I was hoping was going to be a good sleep, because I knew... When my dad said this that he's going to be somewhere at 3, you know, like that's probably 2.30. Always 20 minutes, half an hour early, and this is what happens when somebody's retired and then also used to being extremely punctual. You know, always 10 minutes early. You know, and that's my dad's motto, and I remember this growing up, you know, it's better to be, you know, half an hour early than one minute late. Never leave anybody waiting on you. You know, that's, that's what was, that's how I was brought up, you know, from my mom and my dad, you know, but just being farmers, like you're always, you're always on top of things. You're always early, you always have to be ahead of the game so you don't get caught with your pants down around your ankles. And, you know, lo and behold, my dad texts me at two o'clock in the morning and says, I've been up since one. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, because you probably went to bed at three o'clock yesterday afternoon. And I'm like, thanks. You know, I'm prepared for this. I got up early. I knew that you were going to be here early. And everything all packed in the vehicle. I'm just getting in the shower. By the time that you get here, I'll have my breakfast ready. I'll be ready to go. So he gets here and we hop in the van and, you know, we start driving down the road. And it's starting to bring back some great memories of the year before that we did the same thing. And, you know, the excitement is starting to brew because I know exactly what I'm getting myself into this time. And so we share <clears throat> stories back and forth and, you know, we get down this drive in, you know, we're talking about the potential hiccups and the weather, the, what the roads are going to be like, you know, packed snow, compact snow, you know, slippery sections, where there's going to be ice on the road, whether we're going to see some, you know, animals, you know, the elk herd or the, all the sheep going through Jasper. And we see none of that. We see absolutely none of that. <laughs> we just, it was probably the easiest, most perfect drive that you could imagine. We blew right through to Edmonton. Well, we stopped in Hinton to pick up my hunting license like last year at the Canadian Tire. I met this fantastic older lady, you know, and uh, 
We got to Edmonton so early that we could have went for the afternoon hunt, the evening hunt. That and it was great. You know, couldn't have asked for any smoother say it was like driving in the summertime. Which always makes things less stressful, especially when you have two guys who got very little sleep the night before and were driving eleven hours to be able to get there. It was perfect, exactly what we needed. So the excitement's brewing and I can't wait to be able to get out and I'm texting my cousin and you know, we're going back and forth about what we're gonna do and what time he's gonna come and pick me up and He's like, I'm going to be there at 5.30. And I was like, shit, you know, like you came at four last time. I'm like, don't, don't leave me hanging. But then I was thinking we can't shoot till like seven or after seven anyway. So I guess this makes sense. So we're driving out there. And he's like, hey, we're going to meet one of my buddies. He's going moose hunting in the morning, but then he's going to help us do some, you know, deer hunting. He's like, I want to make sure that you bag some deer this year. You know, not that you didn't last year, but he's like, if you drove all this way, put all this effort in, I want to make sure that you, you know, you take something home with you. I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. So then we meet up with his buddy and, you know, we're bullshitting back and forth. We meet him at this gas station about half an hour away from where we started this journey. You know, great guy, shaking some hands, kissing some cheeks in the dark in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere in central Alberta. I'm like, this feels like hunting to me. You know, seeing everybody all dressed up in their, their hunting gear and you can tell that antsiness to be able to get out there. And these guys hunt like almost every day after work and every weekend during hunting season. You have one month to be able to get what you want. It's not a lot of time when you only, when you're talking about having maybe an hour in the morning and maybe an hour in the evening at best to be able to, you know, bag what you want for the year. You know, so we split up. He goes and checks out some spots that he wanted to check out to be able to pull out his, you know, bull moose and, you know, we go out and check out some spots that we tootle around at to be able to, you know, see if we can find some whitetail. And we're driving around and said to him, I'm like, you know, there's there's no cars around here. I don't see any other trucks driving around because usually about a half an hour before daybreak, you know, in, in any area where there's going to be hunters, you know, you see trucks driving up and down the road because everybody wants that that opportunity first thing in the morning. So they have all day to be able to process. And you know, nobody necessarily wants to, you know, shoot what they want to bag right before dark, which typically always happens anyway. And so we're driving around in like nothing, no trucks, no lights, no nothing, no shots in the morning. You know, and that daybreak starts to come and just seeing the most absolutely beautiful, pristine sunrise, like colors that you can't even imagine how beautiful these colors are, which is very typical to an Alberta sunrise. You know, and then we go to these few spots where we know we typically always see deer in the morning and nothing. Then all of a sudden we see this deer. I'm like, hey, 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 because there's a deer right there. So we watch him run down this tree line and hop across the road in front of us and into this block of trees on the other side of the road, which is perfect because we have access to hunt on that land. So he's like, you know, like, he's like, well, wait till my buddy gets here. Once he gets here, he's like, I'll push the bush. And then you guys can go on either side of this, this cut block in or this, you know, block of trees. And he's like, we'll hunt. He's like, well, I'll get this deer. He's like, I know there's at least that one in there, but he's like, if I had to guess, there's probably three or four more in there. So he's like, we should be able to get something. So we wait about an hour and a half and we hook up with his buddy and we say, okay, we're going to push this, push these trees, flush these deer out. 
It's okay, great strategy. Then another one of his buddies show up and say, okay, well now there's the four of us. We should be able to get something that comes out of these trees. You know, and whoever gets it, great, you just hope that you're the one. You're, you know, where you decide to post up, you're like, either this is going to be the most perfect spot, you know, or you're just going to listen to somebody else hoot and holler and cheer because they bag something. And you're like, okay, okay. So you're sitting there, you're like, five minutes goes by and 10 minutes goes by. And this, this length of trees is maybe, I don't know, three quarter, no, about a third of a mile long. But the one thing is when you're going through these trees, you don't have to walk in all that far. You don't have to walk the full length necessarily because, you know, as soon as you start to stir up in there, you get about 20, 30, 40 feet in, whatever's in there is going to flush out. So about six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes goes by. I said, pop. I'm like, fuck, wrong spot. Man, the wrong spot. So I pack up all my gear and I go walking across the field. I go walking through the trees because, you know, it's only maybe about 80 yards wide. And I get to the other side and I'm looking around. These guys are all looking around. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, sweet. And I'm like, what happened? And they're just like, well, you know, only seen them for a split second. There definitely was a buck in there, but only seen them for a split second. You know, didn't, it didn't have a great look at a shot. Got one little tiny opportunity that would have been a, the perfect time to take an ethical shot, but it's just, it all transpired so fast. I tried my best to be able to get one off, but just missed it. It's like, fuck, there's our, there's our first miss of the day. It's like, okay, all right, manageable. It's so early still. You know, we're maybe two hours after sunrise now. It's like we have a lot of day left today, and I know there's lots of deer around here because I've seen them the year before, so I'm not worried. Still no trucks, still no other gunshots, though. It's like, hey, like, where is everybody? So I start bullshitting with these guys, and turns out that my cousin's buddy looked into, you know, kind of some of the stats from over COVID. Well, it turns out on average, there was 30,000 more hunting licenses issued in Alberta, you know, during COVID. So it'd be interesting to see what this year brings, because obviously it's way down, because we didn't see anybody anywhere. It just goes to show, you know, like people were either bored and needed something to do or just because all these podcasts that talk about hunting, you see this influx and people realize that it's harder than what they realized or they're just not quite into it. They're not like us who would drive for days to be able to get somewhere to do some good hunting. And you just realize that you're a part of a breed of people who are slightly different, slightly different for a, a different reason. Because even like the talk and the chatter about, you know, sitting in a tree stand like all day, like 10 hours, just sitting there in a chair waiting for an opportunity. Sitting in a blind, driving around, driving for days, you know, staying in shitty motels. And that's one of the best part about hunting is staying in some of these shitty motels along the way. You know, you walk into these motels and you just question everything about you. And you're like, fuck, but it's like, it's like half of the, half the fun, it's half the experience staying in these little shitty motels. Because that's hunting. That's that's what hunting is to me. You know, wool pants from the year before that have blood on them still from three years ago. But you can't wash it off because that's bad luck. Some deer hair that's still stuck in the cuffs or the snaps. You reach into the pocket and there's some dirt in that pocket from years past. No, 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 no. You can't wash these. You can't wash these. You're going to wash off all the luck. 
you know, you got to wash all of your clothes when you do just your regular clothes you're going to wear as your base layers, like hypoallergenic, you know, non-scented laundry detergent and bounce sheets, dryer sheets. Can't have any scent, no scent. Then you have, you know, dopey, which you squirt all over you. Just to be able to hide your scent and to get these bucks more drawn to you. Then when I'm sitting in, in this field for the second time and we're like, okay, we're going to try another one of these, one of these tree blocks. And I'm sitting there and I didn't quite get my gloves out in time. And it was only minus one with a little bit of east to, well, southeast to northwest wind flow. And just cutting through me like knives. My hands are just getting so cold. I'm trying to like tuck them into my pockets to keep them warm. But, you know, you you can't. You got to be on point. You got to be ready. But I'm just like, I can't even feel my fingers. I can't even bend my knuckles in my hands. Like, man, it's just so cold. But it's not cold. It's just this little bit of wind, just this breeze. It's, it's a slight, gentle breeze, but it's just enough to throw daggers into your hands. Then you realize that your knees are sinking into the ground and, you know, your feet are sinking into the ground. And you're like, man, it's been so warm up here. Like the ground's not even frozen. That's how warm it is in central Alberta in mid-November. There's no snow on the ground and the ground's not even frozen. You're like, oh man, like this isn't good for hunting. Like nobody, nobody wants this kind of weather when you're hunting. Like you need a good crisp minus 10, minus 15. You need you know, like a foot or two of snow on the ground. Like it needs to be winter because then those deer are moving around. You're starting to pick up, you're starting to feel these signs. Like you don't see any other trucks driving around and you only see that one buck in the morning. That buck wasn't in heat. It was just walking around normal. Anybody who hunts knows that, you know, when, when bucks, when the rut is on, you know, it's kicking like a bucking bronco. His nose is in the ground. You can walk up and you could pet that that deer because he doesn't even give a shit that you're there all he just needs is does he just it's the most wild thing to see and if you've never seen it you got to see a deer or an animal during the during the rut or when it's in heat because they just act unbelievable unbelievable and it's just that that energy in the air that look to them and none of the that one buck that we seen didn't have it so it's not full rut. Maybe it's the beginning of the rut. Maybe when we see another, you know, buck, it's going to be in heat. It's going to be during that rut. It's like, okay, let's find out. The one thing I do know is every time I get out of the truck right now, as long as it's this kind of crisper morning, like you need your gloves. Definitely. Well, some of the most interesting parts of this story are coming up next. I'm not going to bore you with a very long one, but I'm going to try to intrigue you with having a part one, part two. And there's actually going to be a three-part story to this one. So stay tuned. This is just a little teaser intro to Hunting Trip 2023. Tomorrow on the next day, we're going to bring it home. And you can hear all about the excitement of Hunting Trip 2023.